to the three episode limited edition Pods Heal Heals podcast. I'm Diane Ashcroft. You might know me as the Potty Purple Pod because I'm a bit bonkers and I love purple. And I'm a podiatrist. So why am I talking to the three guests I've selected? Ian Sadler, Andrew Ayres and Ben Lumley. They were the three expert podiatrists that helped me and 120 other podiatry colleagues get a better understanding of plantar fasciitis, heal pain and how to treat it at the two training events that they held in 2018. At those events they focused on the best practice modalities that we should be using in treating plantar fasciitis and heel pain all backed up by research and data. In February 2019, a bunch of us from that training collaborated on an awareness campaign, which we called Pods Heal Heals. It was a great success in achieving our goal in helping people understand more about the heel pain and plantar fasciitis that they thought they had and what they could do about it. We're running another Pods Heal Heals awareness campaign in 2020, and that's why I wanted to talk to these three key podiatrists for this podcast. Hope you enjoy it and I hope it helps you understand heel pain and plantar fasciitis better. Let's talk to my second guest, Andrew Ayres. Hello. And I'd like to open up by asking you the question, if you could tell us in 60 seconds who you are and why we should listen to your opinion on heel pain and plantar fasciitis. Okay, so like you said, I my name is Andrew Ayres, I'm a podiatrist and I have a, my practice in Congleton as health. Most of my time is spent treating musculoskeletal injuries, of which heel pain is probably makes up at least 50% of the, the cases that we see each week. Uh, so I've been a podiatrist for I think seven years now and uh, I did my master's degree which finished about two years ago um, and that was looking my thesis was looking at the way people walk and run and the differences and um, running at a fast speed and a slow speed uh, and how sort of pressure under the foot changes with with changes in running speed so a lot of my sort of expertise revolve around the way people run and how we can change the way they run in order to reduce stress on certain parts of the body does that make sense it so, does yeah. it does so you've got a lot of experience of treating this i mean you mentioned that about 50 percent of the cases you treat a week are related to this kind of problem yeah, yeah, probably, probably, uh, yeah, 50, yeah, at least fifty percent of our, our heel pain cases. Uh, so pain going from and like the, the the Achilles insertion right on the back of the heel, right through to the the middle of the arch. Um, yeah, if we sort of encompass all of those conditions together, then yeah, that probably makes up for about fifty percent of the, the cases that, that I see on a weekly basis. That's interesting, and leads me on to my second question, which is. Of the people who actually come in to see you, perhaps with a self or I'm going to say Google diagnosis of plantar fasciitis, what percentage of them actually truly end up being that after you've assessed them? Uh, very few. Yeah, I think uh, plantar fasciitis is probably the most over-diagnosed condition going. I think if you, if you go on to Google, then the only sort of musculoskeletal foot problem that it knows is plantar fasciitis so if you go on and type in uh, pain on the top of my foot it's probably going to come up as plantar fasciitis yet we know full well that the plantar fascia is underneath the foot not, not on top but 
yeah i think dr google is probably the the worst uh diagnostician diagnostician that's the word i was looking for um on the planet so yeah dr google just a yeah complete waste of time when it comes to to diagnosing heel pain conditions um it is quite hard to, to diagnose like plantar fasciitis because there are a lot of similar conditions. There's also things like uh, plantar fasciopathy or plantar fasciosis, where we've got some sort of degeneration of the, the plantar fascia without inflammation. So plantar fasciitis, that the itis bit means inflammation. So and we know with with a lot of heel pain cases where the, the plantar fascia is involved. That the, the inflammation is only there for a short period of time, for maybe a few weeks. So if it, if somebody's been suffering with it for, for longer than a couple of weeks, then the, the chances are that they, they haven't got plantar fasciitis. Really? Plantar fasciosis, where we've got breakdown without, without inflammation. That is interesting. So you're dealing with so many cases of heel pain then. I'm sure you've come across a few challenges. So that's going to lead me on to my third question, which is tell us about the most challenging case of heel pain that you've helped to resolve the biggest challenge is helping people to sort of offload the the, the heel in the, in the early stages so at the start of rehabilitation we, we sort of offload the the heel or the the injured the, the tissue that's been injured and then over a period of time we sort of build up strength in, until the, the tissue is strong enough to, to carry on working as, as normal so the most challenging part usually is is being able to offload the the injured structure for a long bit for a long enough period of time and offload it enough. A lot of my cases are dog walkers and runners. Like obviously, anyone that's got a dog will know if their if their dog misses a walk, then their dog's going to be tearing around the living room, going nuts, and not giving them a moment of peace. So it is it is hard work to to help get dog walkers. Um, resting that they heal enough is that from the point of view that they can't reduce the load in terms of the demand of walking on that area or is it is it physically difficult to offload it with i don't know some kind of shoe adjustment or something like that yeah that, that's the thing that we have to do we often use something called low die taping which is a a method of, of taping the foot up in order to to, to reduce load on the, the on the, the heel structures and yeah that, that's one of the main ways that we can offload the heel and um, but the, the problem with with dog walking is people have to be walking the dog because the dog's not going to give them any, any respite yeah so the, the dog the dog doesn't understand that that maybe a shorter walk may be needed so yeah the biggest uh, challenge that we do have is is that initial offloading period um but um simply yeah low dye taping is a, a really effective method of doing that and that helps people get over that initial hurdle if you like usually yeah it allows them to carry on with uh, carrying out more activity than than ideally we'd we'd want them to yeah if that makes sense. so ideally we'd, we'd want them to just sit down and rest it for for a few days to give it some really good good rest um but obviously if you've got a dog to walk or then that, that's just not going to happen so we can't tape it up and give it a, a really good rest with with tape it's not ideal, but it's yeah, it's still good. Yeah, it's kind of like a bit of sticking plaster on the wound, almost, it is. isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah, but it does it does allow people to carry on walking for yeah, and carrying out activities. And 
do you teach people to self-apply that so that they can do that even when they're not able to sort of come and see you in clinic or stuff uh, absolutely yeah yeah there's, um it's it is quite hard to apply for yourself but it is it is possible there with a bit of practice yeah. there's actually a video on my on my youtube channel showing oh, how to yeah. well so if then yeah if anybody wants to to find it then yeah yeah google yeah go onto youtube and type in andrew ice podiatry and i'm sure you should be able to to find the the the, the video there for, for low dye taping well if i can figure out how to do it i'll try and link it up to this podcast but you know that that might be a stretch on my capabilities but we'll try if 50 percent of your cases that you see a heel pain you obviously love treating it so tell us what you actually love about treating heel pain andrew uh, the bit that's really good is when somebody comes into the clinic and they've been absolutely everywhere they've been to physio they've been to osteopath they've been to a faith healer they've been they've been to everybody before they, they've come in to see the foot person um, and then it's yes we, we can sort of diagnose the the condition uh, better than, than most people just because we're, we're seeing it all all the time um, and then we can work, work out a, a treatment plan for them as well and quite often we get really really good results with people that have been all around the houses before they come to podiatry and that's yeah that's always like a big like a big big goal is uh yeah a big tick in the box when they've been all around the houses then they've come to us and we get we get that that good yeah, result fixed yeah fantastic that sounds great but equally i'm sure there are cases that are frustrating so what would you say that you hate about treating heel pain on the polar opposite to that yeah, the polar opposite is, uh, yeah, that's always uh, a tough one. Yeah, it's because with, with rehab, you can never, you, you can predict how it's going to go, but because everybody responds differently to, to every intervention, you can never guarantee that it's going to go as, as planned. So um, rehab's never a smooth process. You can't say, just, just because an exercise or an intervention is working gets good results for like two two or three weeks you can't guarantee that on um, week four or five that it's going to continue working in the same way right so, so it's not that, a linear path then no it's not it's not a linear path that there are there are peaks and troughs in in rehab but if people have have faith in the process then then I'll, then we get the get the result in the end it might not be it might be a slow process to start with um, but we will get you there in the end it's just that that very frustrating period where where somebody has a like a trough in their rehab process through those, that that trough because that must be quite psychologically challenging for them hugely i think yeah a huge component of, of rehabilitation is, is psychology and we know pain is hugely linked with psychology so if we can uh, improve somebody's mood and make them have like a more positive outlook on on their condition then we know that their level of pain is going to go down uh, they're going to be more um, compliant with exercises and carry it and and stick with the rehabilitation process so yeah a huge part of of rehab is, is psychology and when we hit those troughs which are inevitable everybody everybody has a, a little setback in their in their rehab then yeah we have to keep that person on board and keep keep their spirits up and make them realize that it is just a small setback and for as long as that they have faith in the process we'll we'll get them better so i mean i know that you're an athlete yourself andrew and you like to do a lot of running as well as your dog walking so would you say 
that because of your own kind of physical exertions if you like you're able to relate to the places that they're at I mean I know you've had an injury in the past yourself that slowed you down a little bit yeah I've had a, a calf injury sort of uh, September October sort of time I had a calf injury which set me back um so yeah I understand and I've had heel pain as well in the past couple few years ago I had heel pain but managed to to quickly get get over that one myself that was simply for upping my uh, sort of speed work too much. I went from long, long, slow runs, um, and started, then started implementing more speed work into my uh, training, and that ended up in, in getting a bit of, bit of heel pain. Um, but I just adjusted my, my training appropriately, and that, that suited But yeah, I think being a good runner and understanding people's activities from from, from being a runner, then that definitely helps um, give me some sort of perspective on. On people's needs to to get better. Fantastic. So finally, what I'd like to ask you, Andrew, is apart from seeing a podiatrist, what would your singular piece of advice be to somebody that is perhaps currently suffering from heel pain? Don't look on Doctor Google. Avoid, <laughs> avoid Doctor Google and Professor Facebook because they they haven't got a clue. It always. It always makes me laugh when it, when I look at um, like running forums on on Facebook. There's people there asking for for diagnoses of people. The last one I've got got heel pain. Um, what should I do? And you can guarantee that most of the um, replies are going to be, "You've got plantar fasciitis. Do this stretch and roll your foot and, and ice ice your foot." Um, what what, may, or what always reminds me of is is if you stand outside Tesco. Would you just ask any random people coming out of Tesco for, for medical advice? <laughs> well, you, the are available. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you just wouldn't do it, would you? And that's that's the same thing as asking on Facebook. Yeah, you know who these people are that are replying. That they could be anybody. They they could be somebody with lots of experience in in treating people. But nine times out of ten, it's it's just going to be that the same as somebody random walking out of Tesco. The people that generally don't have a clue and they're just making the slight stabbing in the dark at what things are and that their knowledge is just come off google as well and for yeah. word of mouth. And you can guarantee that, that the only thing that they really know about is is plantar fasciitis and only like fix for plantar fasciitis that they know is icing the foot or, or rolling it on a frozen water bottle and yeah. you're, just, you're not going to get good long-term results with that so yeah it, for anyone that is suffering with, with heel pain, apart from coming to see a podiatrist, is avoid Dr. Google and Professor Facebook because they're, oh, they're just they're, they're the devil in disguise. Yeah, yeah they, they really don't do people's psychology much good. They're full of like panic stories and, and dread and, yeah, just, just so, avoid them. So if, yeah. if they've got enduring heel pain beyond like two to three weeks, they really do need to be seeing a professional to get it properly diagnosed. Absolutely. Yeah, I think if, if somebody's gone and, and run, a, run a race or they've, they've booked their train, they've, they've just got a bit of heel pain, um, the, the first thing to do is just not panic. Give it 24 hours, 48 hours, and just, just see how it's going to, to respond. Most injuries heal themselves in a, in a week or so. So if it's, yeah... If you just pick up an injury straight away, don't don't get on the phone straight away. Just just chill out, relax. Just see see how it responds over a couple of days. Because nine times out of ten, it'll get better. But if it 
doesn't make any change and keeps going on for, for more than a week or two, then then, then get, get professional help and avoid Dr. Google. And Professor Facebook. Yeah. Professor Facebook, yeah, because they're, they're just the, the devil in disguise. You do make me giggle with that, Andrew. I really want to thank you for sharing your knowledge and skills uh, on the airwaves with us. Let's hope it helps anybody listening if they are currently suffering with heel pain or even other podiatrists that are treating people with heel pain or trying to treat people with heel pain. Yeah, I think one of your key messages there, Andrew, is don't panic and trust the process. What would you say? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, that's the yeah, trust trust the process because it, it will work. There's going to be highs. So so it, the, the, yeah, so some weeks you're going to make great success. Other weeks it's it, there's not going to be much success, or you may even take a step backwards. But you will you will get there in the end if you trust the process. And the process usually follows a period of offloading. Uh, to allow recovery, initial recovery to happen and then a period of reloading and getting people back up to, to full strength. That's fantastic, that, Andrew. Thanks very much for sharing that with us and uh, awesome. let's look forward to a great Pods Heal Heals campaign 2020. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a big one. <laughs>